Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. This morning, um, we're going to get into the Word of God. Before we do that, um, I want to I want to tell you about something that that has kind of been on my heart for the for the past man, I'm hot, for the past uh, couple years. And uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing that sweater that Melissa says looks like a girl's sweater. Sorry, <laughs> right. it's not it's not it's not a girl's sweater. It says men's on the back. Um, but something's been on my heart the, the past couple of years that I've always wanted to do in the month of December. And, um, finally we had a, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago and, and I finally expressed it. And, and so we, we want to, we want to do it and it's, it's nothing fancy. It's not, it's not like a church event. A lot of times we, we like to have like church events, church outreaches. But what I want to do is I want to, I want to challenge the individual members to, during the month of December, I want you to go out and, you know, we're always seeking to, to be a blessing to someone's life as a church, right? That's, that's, that's what the church is, is called to do. It's called to, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ and, and whenever possible, you know, feed, uh, feed the poor, uh, clothe the homeless, um, shelter the sick, right? Um, and so I want us as a church during the month of December, I want you to be conscious about bringing a blessing into somebody's life. It, it, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anybody, um, you know, that's, that's going through a, a really hard time. Like you're like, man, pastor, I don't, I don't know anybody who's going through a really hard time right now. Praise God. Um, but it, it could be your neighbor. It could be the person behind you at the drive through line. It could be someone at the grocery store. I want us to be, uh, to be a blessing to someone's life this December. Because believe it or not, man, random acts of kindness go such a long way for people. I mean, you, you just, you just, you make someone's day. How many have had someone pay for them at the drive-thru before? That's, I, I get to the, I get to the front of the line and, and, and the cashier's like, oh, so-and-so paid for you. The, the person in front of you paid for you. I'm like, what? Wow. I feel so special. Right. And so it, it's such a, it's such a blessing. And that's what I want to do. I want us as a church as, as individuals that make up the, the, the collective of the body of Christ, I want us to go out and I want us to be a blessing to somebody's life this year. It could be, it could be as simple as, you know, buying, you know, buying a meal for someone, uh, giving someone a gift, uh, uh, blessing someone with, with, with groceries, someone in your life. I want you to pray about it this month. And, and what we have, we have these little cards outside, um, that, that Miranda made for us. And, uh, and it's basically just a little note card um, that says, hey, we're, you know, we're, we hope that this blesses you. It's, we're, not, we're not looking for anything. We're not, we're not even looking for, you know, we're, we're, there's no strings attached. It's not like, hey, you have to come to church with us. It's just, hey, we want to bless you. And at the back, there's a, there's a little QR code where, where they can get information about our church. So, so we're there. There's a little space for you to write a, a, a note. But we want, we want someone to be blessed by a, a member of Numa Church. A few of y'all are excited. Some of y'all, I'm going to have to sell you a little bit. Uh, but during the whole month of December, that's, that's what we want to do. And so you can go outside. You can pick. I want you to pick a card out only if you have the intentions 
of blessing someone. Don't just grab a bunch and, and then just leave them in your, in your car. No, I'm, I'm not, I don't want you to do that. If, if you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek to bless someone's life this month. I'm going to take one of these cards. I'm gonna, you're going to write your name down because we want to follow up with you. And you're going to be a blessing to somebody's life. That's it. That's what it's about. A lot of people struggle during the month of December. And we want to be, um, be a light. Amen. Anybody? anybody? All right. Let's preach. Let's preach. Maybe you get excited about the word of God this morning. I want you to turn with me to the book of Haggai, chapter 2. Amen. Haggai, chapter 2. I want you guys also to excuse our our mess. Um, If you notice, there's no staircase right there. Uh, We are are beginning our our remodel. And uh, amen, right? So for the next few weeks, you're going to have to excuse. We're also going to be flooring the, the foyer and the hallways um, so for the next couple of weeks, you're just going to have to, you know, kind of deal with it. But it's okay, right? Because it's going to look beautiful at the end. So Haggai chapter 2, Haggai is a prophet. Um, and this prophet spoke on, on God's behalf to urge the people of God to return to work. Return to work. If you're familiar with the story, there was a, a remnant of God's people who were willing and eager to go back to Jerusalem to reconstruct the temple that was destroyed by the Babylonians at the hand of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Cyrus, who is the king of Persia, he issues this decree to the people, to, to, to the people of God who are without a land. And he says, you guys may go back and you can build what was destroyed. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine receiving that word. Imagine what that would do to your spirit. You can go back home and you can rebuild the temple of God. And the Bible talks about these, these some 50,000 willing and eager people that raised their hand and said, I'll go. I want to go back home. I want to, I want to begin rebuilding the temple that was destroyed. And so the Bible says that they begin the construction and all of a sudden they just, they stop. They start to work and then they just stop. Kind of like when, you know, you, you're super excited to, to like join a gym and and you buy all the clothes, you buy the new shoes, you sign up for the gym membership, get the diet plan, and then you go for like a solid three days and you haven't even been in five weeks, right? And you're still paying. That's kind of what happened here. They were, they were pumped up, they were excited, they started to work, and then they just stopped working. And they stopped working, church, because their priorities had changed. Many of them believed that this was the will of God, this was the hand of God, telling them to go back to reconstruct the temple but they weren't, concerned, they weren't convinced that the timing of God had arrived yet. I like how one Bible commentator, he, he puts it, he says, they could not argue against the will of God, so they spoke out against the timing of God. How many times have we done that? Such an easy cop-out, right? Like, you know what the will of God is for your life. You know what direction the Holy Spirit is taking you, right? You know what tomorrow should look like, but because God has spoken it to you, but because you're not ready to pursue it, you convince yourself that it might not be God yet. One day. I can't wait for that day, but it's not today. And we legitimately believe these things, man, because it's just, it's such an easy claim to justify that this is not, it's not time yet. I know what God wants me to do, but it's not time yet. And you know why I know it's not time yet? Because the resources aren't there yet. 
The provision isn't there yet. The money isn't there yet. The support isn't there yet. I've told people and they haven't applauded my dreams. They, they, haven't, they haven't supported me in my dreams. I, I, think, I think we think that, that when God calls us to something, it means that all the tools are already there at our disposal. So God, you called me to rebuild this church. Where's everything at? Where's the money? Where are the tools? Where's the manpower? How are you going to call me to something and then not provide? Come on. Our faith sometimes lies, lies more in the resources rather than God's provision. If we don't see the resources, we don't, we don't, we don't have faith because the resources aren't there. I, I, haven't, I haven't even read the scripture yet. I'm already preaching. Come on. We think that if our timeline doesn't align yet with the calling, my timeline doesn't align with, with the calling, then it's simply not God's timing. You think Abram was waiting around? Already packed up, ready to go. Just any minute, I'm going to get a text from God. He's going to tell me to go. You think think the apostles, you know, when they were called by Jesus, they were just sitting down doing nothing. They had had arrived already. They accomplished everything in their life. They're just waiting for the next step. No, these men had lives. They had things that they were doing. They had plans. But when God calls, the calling becomes the priority. The people of Israel had forgotten this. And they said, it's not. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. So they stopped building. And so Haggai delivers this word and, and the people, they receive it. It's full of encouragement, full of conviction. They receive it and they begin to build again. Sometimes that's just what you need, man. You just need God to just like hit you in that right spot in that sweet spot, right? Like you're okay. Because of that word, I, I can get through this week. Because of this word, I'm reminded that I can get through the trouble that I'm facing in my marriage. Because of that word, I know that, that no matter what my bank account looks like, I can, I can keep on going. I can keep on going because of that word. It replenished my spirit. Sometimes you just need a word like that. Sometimes you need a word of encouragement. Sometimes you need a word of rebuke. I imagine that's what many of us hope for when we come to, to listen to a word. Sunday after Sunday. How many of you, you know, sometimes on a Sunday morning, you just come tired. Can you just lift up your hand like, like you're being honest, like you're an honest human being? Sometimes I just come tired. And then I get into the presence of God. And it wears me out even more, but in a good way. And some weird way, I feel more energized walking out than I did walking in. That's what the word of God does. And so that's the, what the word of God did to these people. And they're, they're pumped up again. They, they gather their men like, all right, let's go. We're going back to work. And then this is where I want to read. Haggai 2, 1 through 9. It says on the 21st month, I'm um, sorry, on the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet saying, speak now to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah and to Joshua, the high priest. And to the remnant of the people saying, you ready for this This is a word of God. Who is left among you who saw the temple in its former glory? How do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now take courage, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Take courage also, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work. Someone tell your neighbor, work. For I am with you, declares the Lord of armies. As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Do not fear, for this is what the Lord of armies says. 
Once more in a little while, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also, and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the, with the wealth of all nations. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of armies. The silver, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of armies. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of armies. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of armies. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray over this word. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for for preparing our hearts this morning. I thank you, my God, for bringing us here this morning. Maybe some some of us don't want to be here. Maybe some of us are tired. Maybe some of us woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe some of us were dragged by somebody else. My God, I pray that your Holy Spirit just, just readjusts our spirit this morning to hear this word that you have for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I entitled this message... Not what I pictured. Not what I pictured. You know, a lot of times our faith allows us, when you have a strong faith, have you met a man or woman of God just with strong faith? And you're like, man, I want that faith. Because that faith allows people to get through the uncertainty of the journey because they know how the destination looks like. That's faith. Like, like our faith, it focuses on the outcome, not the process. That's what faith is. It allows us to get through the process because we're looking at the outcome. Even though we can't see it yet, we know it's there. We know it's on the other side. And so, I mean, to, to kind of think of this in practical terms, you might go to college knowing that it might be difficult to get through those several years of, of study, but you know what you're going to walk away with at the end of it, right? You might get a job that you don't want to get, But you take it because you know that it's going to give you experience for the job that you really want. And so we're willing to make sacrifices and and, and trade an uncertain journey for a certain destination. I've been teaching Layla the importance of saving her money. Um, Remember I told you all the other day, like she hustled me and my my parents and my in-laws into $50 when she lost her first tooth. Man, rich, man, like $50 tooth. And um, immediately she has all this money and she's like, daddy, I want to save it. I was so proud of her. She wants to save it because usually, you know, she just wants to go to Target and she just wants to go through the aisles and not even want anything that she's looking at, but she just wants to spend money. She buys something. She didn't even ask for it when she gets home. So, you know, (laughs) um, finally she said, I'm going to start saving my money. This past uh, Thanksgiving, for some reason, my dad gave Layla some money. He didn't give me any money. Uh, but, uh, but he, she, he gives her money and then, and she comes up to me and, and she's like, daddy deposit this in my savings account, AKA her little piggy bank. And, uh, and I, I have to constantly remind Layla that saving isn't, it's not always easy. It's kind of hard to do sometimes. You always, you kind of want to dip, right? You kind of want to dip into it every now and then. Uh, but if you don't, you'll have all this money saved up in a few years. So I taught her a valuable lesson this week. I was making breakfast. Um, uh, and I was making breakfast before taking, taking my daughters to, to my mother-in-law's house for, for the day. And Layla comes into the kitchen as I'm, as I'm making food. And she says, Daddy, I don't, I don't want that. I want donuts. And I tell her, we're not getting donuts. We're, we're going to eat this. Just like you're trying to save money, we're trying to save money. And we go back and forth. Man, I, I swear, Layla could be a lawyer, man. She's, she's, she, can, she can debate. 
And, uh, you know, eventually I tell her, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Shipley's if you pay for it with your money. And that immediately stressed her out. <laughs> and so I, I, I saw a teaching moment there. And so I was like, hey, Layla, remember when I said that saving isn't always going to be easy because, you know, sometimes you're going to want something. You're going to just want to use your money to do it. Right. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be hard to, 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 to save if you're always just wanting to spend your money. And she said, she says, why can't we just spend your money? And I stick to my guns and I say, no, if you want donuts, this is what I'm making. And I'm going to eat this. And if you don't want this, you're going to have to pay for it. If you don't want to pay for it, you're not going to eat anything. What do you want to do? That was such a hard decision for her. And I, I made it even harder. I always go like the extra mile. Melissa says, I'm always doing something extra, right? Because I, I tell her, I say, you can, you can save this money now. And you can have a lot more later. Or you can trade it for donuts enough times where you won't have anything left because all your life you just wanted to spend money on donuts. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to be poor, right? <laughs> you know? And um, anyways, at that moment, she, uh, she noticed that I, I threw one of her little crafts away and she started crying. And so I told her I would buy her donuts. Uh, so <laughs> that was a fail there. But <laughs> I, I tell you this story because, because when, when we know the, the destination, when we know the outcome, how it looks, it's much easier for, for us to, to, to put our faith in that because um, it's going to allow us to get through the journey. You know, in Layla's case, the journey is resisting the urge to spend money. The journey might be uncertain, but the promised land, I know how that looks like. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Water flows through it from so many sides. It's a land that is plentiful, full of resources. We know, we know how heaven looks, right? Maybe, maybe not Maybe not exactly, but, but we have a good idea. The Bible tells us that in heaven there's going to be no pain, no suffering, no hunger. It's going to be a place of peace, beauty. The radiance of God is going to fill every corner of heaven. And so the uncertain journey of life is worth it because we know what we're going to get at the end of it. That's what we're talking about. Faith allows you to get through the uncertainty of the journey because you know what the end result looks like. Okay, what about when the destination isn't what you pictured? What about when you got, you, you went through the journey, you went through the storm, you went through the waters and you get to the other side and you're like, oh, this is it. This is not what I pictured. Ezra 3, 11. The book of Ezra gives us a picture of this. Ezra was a contemporary of Haggai. So, so they, the two wrote uh, of many of the same events and I want, to read, I want to read this. Ezra writes in, in chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. All the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept. They wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy. Why did they weep? Why, were, why, were the, why was the older generation weeping and the newer generation who hadn't seen the first temple shouting for joy? It's because the older generation saw what a real temple looks like. And so this carries the same sentiment as, as, as Haggai's account. Seventy years before, before the events that, that Haggai is writing about, 
the, the destruction of the first temple occurred. The first temple is known as, as Solomon's temple. It was built with all of Solomon's riches. Um, it is said that, that Solomon spent a modern day equivalent of $8 billion to build that temple. Imagine what we could do with $8 billion. <laughs> $8 billion to construct that first temple. This new temple doesn't even compare. So the older generation of God, you know, these are people who saw the former temple and they're looking at this new one and they're like, what is, what is this? The first temple was magnificent. It was, it was majestic. This, this doesn't, this doesn't stand in comparison. So in their minds, they went back to build something that they believed was inferior to what they had known before. Wasn't what I pictured. Nobody wants that. I certainly don't want to feel like I'm in a place that is inferior to the place that I was at yesterday. I want to take steps forward. I don't want to go backwards in life. I want to be better today in every capacity than I was yesterday. Right? When people ask you the question, where do you want to be at in five years? Don't you have a a hopeful picture of what five years looks like? Isn't it, isn't it a little bit better that uh, where, where you're at now? But sometimes, and listen, I want you to get this church. Sometimes it's going to feel like where God places you is in a place that you feel you're too good for. Some people got it. Sometimes God is going to put you in a position that you feel like you're too good for. It's going to humble you. God, God might call you to a place where you're no longer in charge. Before you were the leader, before you were the manager, before you were the pastor, not anymore. God, I should be going up. I should be moving up. What do you, what do you, I feel like this is a demotion. What's, what's going on here? God may put you somewhere where nobody knows you before everybody knew your name. Before you were the life of the party. Now, when you walk in, no one even notices that you're there. You may, you may be making a salary that you weren't you weren't making before God repositioned you. Like, God, what's going on, man? I want to I go more. Glory to glory. The house that you're in now might not be as big as the last one. Maybe 2020 is not as good as your 2019. You had plans this year. Big things were going to happen. And after all it's said and done, 2019 looked a little bit better. We need to understand, church, that the exterior aesthetics of our placement is not what matters. It's not what matters. If our church, if our church were to, to grow so much that in five years we, need, we needed to build a bigger temple, everybody would think, wow, Newman Church is doing something right. They're, they're doing some great things at Newman Church. But what if, what if that growth came at the cost of the offensiveness of the gospel? What if we just stopped preaching the gospel? What if we just preached a feel-good message? Come as you are and stay as you are. What if we just stopped preaching the true gospel, but, but thousands and thousands of people started coming to our church? Would that be an accurate depiction of our success? No. There are underground churches in China, man, that are better off spiritually than some of our American megachurches that are bringing in millions of dollars a year. Don't always think that if it looks better, it is better. That's how we are. We we live in an Instagram world, a filter world. If it looks better, it obviously is better, but that's not how God 
sees things. God does not look at the outer appearance. He looks at the heart. He does not measure success the way that we might measure success. And I feel like, man, someone needs to hear this today, man, because all year you have been frustrated with where God has you. You're frustrated. You thought it was going to be better. You thought it was going to look better. You thought it meant more of what you didn't have before. More money, bigger things. You feel as if you've taken steps backwards as a result of God's placement. What if in reality you're actually at the highest point of the mountain you've ever been at in your life? You just don't have a good enough view of it yet. What if you're actually at the foremost part of your life, but it feels like you're way at the back. It's all about perspective. This word is all about perspective. Someone say that with me, perspective. How's your perspective, man? How's your mind? We talked about this last week. Whatever you're consuming, your mind is going gonna, is gonna to place the position of your heart. The way that you see things. Do you see things with eyes of gratitude or with eyes of complaining? There are so many things that I don't have in my life. I could complain. I, man, I could complain for days. But I can give thanks for much longer. It's all about perspective. God says, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? How do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? He's asking a lot of rhetorical questions there. The the previous generation, any previous generation, is always going to have some beef with the current generation, right? (laughs) I'm realizing this as I get older. You know, the older I get, I see these, I see these kids doing things and, and, and they're into weird things. I'm like, man, my generation was way better. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? You know, TikTok. What is TikTok? It's all about my space, right? <laughs> but, but, but my, my, my parents' generation, I know they've got, I, I know they got beef with, with millennials. Everybody's got beef with millennials, man. There was always, there was always something better in the past, right? I find myself saying this a lot. I find myself telling Melissa every now and then, man, back when I was a kid, right? when you say those words, like, you know, you're old. Back in my day, back when I was a kid, I could ride my bike for, for the entire day all over the neighborhood. No one was going to worry about me getting abducted. I can't even, I can't, I can't even let Layla go on the front lawn. Back in my day. Back in my day, we had good music. <laughs> I remember one time being in the car with, with my parents. My, my parents were listening to like some oldies. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and and, and my, I remember, I still remember my dad saying, this, this was good music. And I was like, that was good music? And he told me, he told me, like, I, 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 I still remember. He said, one day you're going to be saying the same thing with your kids. <laughs> Everything was better in the past. Cartoons were better. Saturday mornings, you wake up, Right. You, you appreciated TV more because you couldn't just like turn it on on your phone, right? You, you, had, to, you had to schedule the bathroom breaks just right, right? <laughs> you could just pause it. The good old days. I could just hear some of the older ones who were looking at this, this new temple telling the younger ones, man, this is nothing compared to what we had. <laughs> 
back in my day, it was bigger. It was more robust. We could fit more people in it. That was a temple. This, this is a, this is a playground. But you know why church, you know why focusing on the past isn't always a good idea because it deters us from what God is trying to do now. God, God is working in front of you. And if you're looking behind you, you're not going to see what God has for you, for your now. God wants to do something now. Solomon wrote about this in Ecclesiastes seven ten. He says, do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Could it be church that the former glories were for that time? And the current glories are for this time? Could it be that my God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow didn't just work yesterday. He's also working today. Right. Can, can I just say, look, I've been in church. I've been in this church for 30 years, 31 years. I know from experience that God has done amazing things throughout the years at this church. God has spoken incredible, transformative word that these walls could tell you about. We've seen people get saved and, and delivered and healed. And we've seen, we've had amazing services in the Holy Spirit. We've had great events in the past, but God is also working today. He is working right now. He's doing things today. He's working in your life right now. He's working in your marriage today. Maybe you had a testimony of what God has done in the past for you and your family. That, that same God is still working in your life right now, providing a future testimony. Sometimes we just focus so much on what God did before. And that's, that's good to do. We are to never forget. And God constantly reminds the people of Israel, do not forget what I took you out of. Do not forget Egypt. Remember when you were enslaved for 400 years? Remember how I, I sent my servant Moses and, and we did miracles and awesome things happened. And, and I gave you a promise and a land. Don't forget those things. But you don't forget those things so that you can carry it into your now and into your future. Because I am still writing your story. <clears throat> it might not look like the former days but that's because you're in a new day. You're in a new day. Today's not going to look like yesterday. Today's not going to look like tomorrow. I believe that, I believe that God is speaking today right here. What he spoke 2,500 years ago through the prophet Haggai. He says, all you people of the land, take courage and work, work for I am with you. Don't stop working. That's what happens when we get distracted with the past. Oh man, back in my day, everything was so much better. It was so much easier. Why can't, why can't the young people today do it like we did it? And you're, all you're doing is talking and complaining. You're wasting time. You're not working anymore. That guy says, work, work. Don't stop working where God has you because you're discouraged. Because it's, it's not what you pictured. Because what God has purposed for those who are committed to his will is still being written. God is still writing your story, church. I want to read that word one more time here. From verse six, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to listen because it's, it's, it's for us. Once more in a little while, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations 
and they will come with the wealth of all nations and I will fill this house with the glory, says the Lord. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord. God isn't done with you, church. He's not done with you. And just speaking broadly for a moment, you know, the the church, the church today, capital C church, it's, it's so easy. And I, I catch myself doing it all the time. It's so easy looking at the, at the, at the first church and comparing this church and the first church and thinking, man, the apostles Look at how committed they were. Look at, look at, look at what they did. We're, we're nothing like it. I catch myself doing that a lot. <laughs> I've had sermons around that. And, 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 and we do need to check our, ourselves to, to make sure that we're not, never becoming complacent. But God has a purpose for us today. God wrote 2020 in his plan book. He called you to be a part of it. He called the church to be a part of it during this time. He called Numa Church to be in this position in 2020. He's got a plan for us. We were obviously on his mind. And so what I want to do is I want to focus on moving forward. I want to focus on being used by the Holy Spirit now. I know there were some great things that happened in the past, but there's some great things that are still coming. And I have to position myself. I have to look forward so that I can, I can give it everything that I have without distraction. The Bible says that greater things we will do in his name. Sometimes the middle doesn't look as good as the beginning, but my God has promised that the end will look far better than the beginning or the middle. And so that's where I want to be looking to. God, take me to wherever you have me. Today, I might not have as much as I did back then. Today, we might not have as many members as we did back then. Today, I, I may have a, a smaller house, smaller possessions. I, I might not be a play, in a place that looks as good to everyone else, but this is a place that you have me at. As long as I am following your steps, as long as I am being moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter if this is the only item of clothing that I have. I know that I am in your plan and there is something greater coming. I don't know if you're excited for what God is going to do, church. But I I just, I, I want you to hear this. I wanted you to hear this word this morning because if you are where God has you, there's nothing else that you need. There is nothing else that you need to worry about. You don't have to look in the back. You don't have to look to the, to the left or the right. Look forward because God is taking you somewhere. God is taking us somewhere. And God, we just want to heed your word this morning. I'm going to ask that you stand. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Church. Thanks again and God bless.